The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Glory to you. At that time, Jesus exclaimed, I give praise to you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, for although you have hidden these things from the wise and the learned, you have revealed them to little ones. Yes, Father, such has been your gracious will. All things have been handed over to me by my Father. No one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son, and anyone to whom the Son wishes to reveal him. Come to me, all you who labor and are burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am meek and humble of heart, and you will find rest for yourselves. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Jesus Christ. In the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Be seated. Rest is a simple enough thing, but I find it to be actually be a surprisingly uh, profound thing. How many of you here, you can raise your hands at home if you want to also, how many of you find rest difficult? How many of you, or let me rephrase it, how many, I turned the whole thing around, how many of you feel you get enough rest? couple of you. Wonderful. Good. Well done. And then there's the rest of us, where most of us may desire it, but it seems to be ever elusive. Even think about naps. Naps are these wonderful things. There are times where after a long day, you just want to get a little shut-eye. Now, kids have to take naps, but they have no appreciation for them. Adults want to take naps, but they have no time for them. And even when you do end up taking a nap, there are many people that complain that after a nap, they wake up and they actually feel worse than when they first went to sleep. I mean, rest is this strange thing. You, you sit there and you try to empty your head of all the thoughts and the things going on, and then eventually you kind of slip out of consciousness into sleep. There are times I stare at the ceiling at night and I think to myself of this great mystery. And it's pretty crazy because the more you think about it, the less you get. Jesus today promises us rest. Rest. So that's what we're going to talk about today. And then he turns around and says, I'm going to give you a yoke and a burden, which would appear to be the very opposite of rest. So what's Jesus saying? Now, the Jews had this idea of a yoke. They talked about it a lot, and there was either the yoke of the world or the yoke of God or the the Torah or the kingdom of heaven. In fact, there's a, a rabbi who once said, whoever takes upon himself the yoke of the Torah, they remove from him the yoke of the government and the yoke of worldly concerns. And whoever breaks off from the yoke of the Torah, they place on him the yoke of government and the yoke of worldly concerns. He's trying to say that you're either yoked to God or you're yoked to this world. There's a a biblical commentator, Lenski, who I think explained the idea of the yoke of the world very well. This is what he wrote. All the vain, fruitless striving after peace, contentment, happiness, rest, and joy 
which is found the world over, is this constant laboring. And those who come with their deceptions and their offers to help only load men down the more. And the suffering, unrest, trouble, fear, grief, pain, and evil conscience against which men rebel so vainly adds to the labor and the load. And how many times do we strive after peace and contentment and happiness and joy and it just leaves us exhausted? And we see the suffering and unrest and pain in the world, especially right now, and it leaves us broken and we try so hard, but we seem to have no effect. Lenski's putting his finger on what we experience today and that he wrote this almost 100 years ago. We really like the yoke of the world. As much as we, we complain about it and hate it and despise it and, and feel crushed under its pressure, we still find ourselves waking up every morning and putting it square on our shoulders and going about our day thinking maybe today we can save this whole thing. Maybe today we can finally shed it and make the world a little bit better. The basic idea the rabbis taught is, is this yoke is basically obedience to humanity or obedience to God. Will you work for man or will you work for God? And you can't do both. You can't. And then Jesus comes in and he, he takes this idea of the yoke of the worldly concerns and the yoke of the Torah and he turns the whole thing on his head. Think about the yoke of the Torah. It's heavy. This endless list of commandments that God gave to us that you must be obedient to if you are to win his favor. Many people in, still believe today that that's Christianity's position. In Matthew 5, which we've come to know as the Sermon of the Mount, Jesus himself takes the commandments and speaks of them in an even more intense and extreme manner. And the natural response of any of us is, is Jesus, you, you can't be serious. It's impossible. The weight is too heavy. I can't bear that. But this comes from a false understanding of who Jesus is and what he came to do. He didn't come to, to heap more weight on you. He didn't come to, to crush you and reprimanding you for, for not upholding your end of the covenant. He does call us to repentance, but not to reprimand us and in punishment make things all the more difficult. You couldn't do it before, now try it. Instead, Jesus is the one who comes down and offers to us the very thing he gave up when he took on our punishment, that place next to the Father. His yoke, his burden, which is not one of more work, but of grace and of rest. If you compare this and contrast it to last week, last week we talked about picking up your cross and, and following me. And, and this week we find no talk of crosses. This week we just find rest. And no one has, has truly come to rest until they find themselves in Christ. All the vain things in this world we strive after, thinking that we can be the Savior, that we can fix it all. All that striving to, to impress and win over people with, with passionate pleas and, and smooth talking. All of our, our seeking after the moral life and, and quantifiable production to show people how great we are. 
all those things, vain pursuits, which leave us wanting and exhausted at the end of the day. COVID, interestingly enough, has forced many to slow down. And a lot of people are reflecting on, on their pace and they're, they're asking themselves, I was busting myself to, to what end? To what purpose? We've made an idol of, of busyness so that we have time for the million things on our list, but we don't have time for Jesus. And the, and the little bit of relaxation, the little bit of recreation we may have, we, we burn away in, in distraction. There's a great author, Annie Dillard, she famously wrote, how we spend our days is, of course, how we spend our lives. What we do with this hour and that one is what we are doing. So simple, yet I think somewhat profound because many of us go wishing for that next big moment. We're always planning for the next big thing and the actual moments of our life are slipping away with this imperceptible swiftness that we look back and we wonder, where did it all go? Just watch your kids grow up. Where has the time gone? We've wasted it away. Likewise, the Christian life is not simply wrapped up in the big events of the Christian life, baptism or confirmations or whatever it may be. Rather, how we live out our Christian faith moment to moment each day is how we live out our Christian life. Will you dedicate yourself to daily prayer? And to reading of the scriptures, will you dedicate yourself to weekly reception of the Eucharist to receive God's good gifts? Because all those other pursuits are vanity and they will leave us wanting more. Our hearts were made for God. No wonder as we chase these things, we, we're just tired. St. Augustine said this, Our hearts are restless until they rest in you, Lord. In no other place will you find rest or peace. You may find these substitutes that entice you for a moment, that, that give you that fleeting moment of, of joy or, or pleasure or hope or whatever it is, but they, they leave as quickly as they've come. And at the end of the day, we, we find ourselves exhausted and anxious. Let him take it. Your burdens, your fears, your worries, your concerns, your yoke, your work, your busyness, your expectations. Let him take them. I want you to spend a moment right now. What is heavy on your heart? What is concerning you right now? What burden are you bearing? What did you bring into this place? Just take a moment to think about that for, for right now. And then I want you to do is, is I want you to take that right now to the Lord in prayer. To pray God to take away that burden that yoke, whatever it is you're carrying. Let's pray. Lord, these, these burdens and these yokes we carry in the silence of our hearts that we've offered up to you, take them away. Take them from us, Lord, we ask you. Lord, take these burdens from me. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, Jesus says, I got it. 
Now take my yoke. Whoa, 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 wait a second. No, Jesus, no, 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 no. You just took my stuff. You just took all of my stuff. I'm pretty good right now. Uh, And if I pick something up at a later time, I'll come back. Um, But now is not a good time. Now is not a good time. I just got rid of the stuff I don't want anymore. I have a burden for you, Jesus says. Thanks, but no thanks. How about this? How about this? Let's make a deal. When I go home today and I accumulate some new baggage in the next hour, two hours, day or two, then I'll come back next week and, and I'll drop it off and I'll go on my way. Sound good? We got a deal, Lord? We got a deal? That sounds good? See how quickly we get trapped back in the, the yoke of the world? We want to go right back to it. Let me live out this week like I want to live it, Lord. Moment by moment, chasing after whatever I want. And then I'll drop it off next week. Don't worry about it. We don't want Jesus in here. We don't want to carry that burden he offers us. How quickly we we turn our concerns back to the world. Don't be afraid of what he has to give you. It's good. It's good. And the reason we fear is because everything we've often been given has been no good. It's been hard. What he offers you is not the pain you carry from your parents and the expectations they put on you. What he offers you is not that deep-seated doubt planted by an ill-spoken teacher. It's not the loneliness of of rejection and regret and isolation and and heartbreak. It's it's not the demands placed on you by your boss or your coworkers or, or the impossible expectations you placed on yourself. It's not the laughing or the mocking of others. It's not the tears you shed or the regret you have for not doing good when an opportunity presented itself because you you simply chose not to or maybe you were too busy to stop. It's all those, it's not those unexpected expectations, the the weight upon your shoulders. It's it's not the, the, the diminishing or smoldering passions of a relationship. It's good. It's good. And it's like nothing the world has to offer. Because it's a foretaste of the world to come. Luther said it so well. He said, Christ's burden does not oppress, but makes light. And itself bears rather than is born. You don't have to fight anymore. You don't don't have to stay guard trying to defend the small little life you have from the powers of this world. It's his. He has it. This is the one who gives you rest from the anxieties you bear each day. And the one day will, will extend that rest over all the world and all your life. My prayer for us is that we would find peace in him because there is so many things to be anxious about. There are so many things that weigh heavy on our hearts that we bear to this place right now. May Christ bring us peace. Zechariah painted the picture in the Old Testament reading today. He says, He, the Lord, shall banish the chariot from Ephraim and the horse from Jerusalem. The warrior's bow shall be banished and he shall proclaim peace to the nations. He's disarming these armies. There will be this peace of the nations. His dominion shall be from sea to sea and from the river to the ends of the earth. When all the earth is united and covered in this peace, 
that his kingdom alone will bring at the end of all things. There is no more fear and worry. There's rest. There's rest in him. You don't have to fight. You just have to be in him. Will you rest with me in the Lord? It's hard dealing with my own anxiety and struggles. Will you rest in the Lord with me? Will you eat with me this day? It's one of my favorite things about resting and laying back. Eating, it's wonderful. The Lord today feeds us. His very body and blood. Will you join me in letting other beggars know, just as we are, where to find rest, where to find true food? He's here. He's here with us today. And he offers you a burden of rest. And it doesn't really make any sense. But then again, much of what Jesus says doesn't make a whole lot of sense because it's all about what's to come. And what's to come is so much better than what we know that we think to ourselves, how can that possibly be true? How do I possibly even deserve that kind of love and grace and mercy? Do we dare to hope? Yes. Yes, we dare to hope and we dare to trust in him because he is good. And in this place, may we all find his rest and rest in him forever. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.